Uh, girl, surprise two-parter. Who saw that coming? <laughs> I thought I had to hold back and like yeah, zip my lid me. about how poorly we all treated her. But no, you get it for a whole other week. Aren't you all thrilled? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you all so happy? Hi, Julia Pezzavalli. Hey, Patrick Hines. Da, da, da. You guys, um, before we get to part two of the Britney Spears thing, if you want more Julian and me, join us on the Patreon. It's over 160 full bonus ad-free episodes to download and binge right this second. Everything from I'll Be Gone in the Dark to Lorena to Don't Have With Cats and Tiger King. And right now we're doing Night Stalker on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you got all of them. Great job, girl. I know. <laughs> Wait, tell them what we're doing next, so I'm really excited about it. Oh, we're doing Heaven's Gate on HBO. TikTok Cult Clock. I've watched the first episode. It's bananas. Yeah, I, and I will always mention their website's still up. It's one of my That's favorite so- facts about them. It's, it's exactly what you think a 90s cult website looks like. It's amazing. You guys also join our Facebook group. It's so much fun. Come meet your true crime best friends. There's over 33,000 people in there talking about the documentaries, talking about the episodes, talking about us, talking about them, sharing their wedding pictures, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and all those jokes where you're like, oh, I said give it a goog to someone and they didn't get it. They'll all get it. That's my big selling point. 35,000 people who will just get it and get you. You know, somebody posted in the Facebook group today that like you should really go back and listen to the first couple of episodes to see how quiet I am. So I did and I am unrecognizable, even to myself. I always say it sounds like we're trying not to disturb the person in the next room. That's always how I describe it. (laughs) And we we don't talk fast. We talk kind of like at a normal clip. It was before we knew each other very well, I feel like. I don't like that at all. But go back and listen. (laughs) Enjoy our journey. What are we talking about today? We are talking, even still, about framing Britney Spears. We're doing a part two. Also, this documentary is shorter than most documentaries. It's an hour and 15 minutes, and here we are in part two. I know. (laughs) I feel like this is all my fault. No, I love every second of it. I feel like this has happened before, but I can't remember for what. But it's an unusual occurrence for us to be like, you know what? We have so much to say. I know. About an hour and 14 minute long documentary that we're going to break it into two. But you know what, girl? We are just getting warmed up, I feel like. And I didn't even go on my rant about how Justin Timberlake has to apologize to Janet Jackson, too. Like, I didn't even mention in my whole rant about Justin Timberlake, I didn't even mention Janet Jackson. He's got to apologize to her. (laughs) Wait, he did. He did apologize to her. Oh, that bullshit apology last week. Justin, I don't want to. Here. <laughs> oh, it took a documentary? You could have had 15 years to say something. Pick up a phone and call somebody and say, I'm so sorry for the way I treated you and, and made money off of you for millions. I'm so sorry I left you hanging out in the lurch, Janet fucking Jackson. Justin Timberlake disrespected Janet ja- Janet Jackson we're talking about. Ramen hair Justin Timberlake left her in the lurch. How dare he? I didn't even get to say all that, so this is why we have a part two. <laughs> All right, girl. You guys, we're picking up the story in 2007, and this is the famous Britney Spears has fucking had it. She's shaving her goddamn head. Story that is burning up the internet. It's just burning this morning. Yes. Britney Spears. She's bald. Now, I remember this like it was yesterday. Yeah, and we get the story from several perspectives. We get the story from someone who was there. Yeah. Like, in the salon. We get, remember that Daniel, that horrible paparazzo who we hate? We yeah. get his perspective, too. The one who wanted to be a filmmaker, but but just decided to be a garbage paparazzi instead. Hey, Daniel, you suck, girl. That's it. That's all I got to say to you, Daniel. Sucks. So, here's what happens. Brittany, again, and this is this comes after we see, like, the footage of her being swore by paparazzi and saying, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. I yeah. mean, she's going through a lot right now. She's in the middle of a divorce. She's just going through it. She's got two kids back to back. Her her husband sucks. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but he slouched a lot on the Ellen show and it made me really mad. <laughs> so here's what happens. Brittany just walks into a salon just and it's like nighttime. It's dark out, right? Yeah, it also kind of looks like a barber shop. Like it doesn't really look like a fancy salon to me. It, that's exactly what it is. And she yeah. asks to get her head shaved. And of course, the person is like, Absolutely not. Like, they refuse to be the person who shaves Britney's head. And I understand that. I totally would have done it. I would have been like, girl, we sit in this chair, girl. Can I get you some water, some tea, sweetheart? What would you like? So the hairdresser refuses. And Britney says, fuck it, I'm doing it myself. So she takes the clippers and does. And there's footage of this. Yeah, we watch her shave her own head. And we hear, because the guy's on the phone, of course, he called into every radio show to tell Ryan fucking Seacrest about this mental breakdown that we're all watching this woman go through. So she literally grabbed her the hair clipper and started doing it herself. 
And she said, I don't want anyone touching me. I'm tired of everybody touching me. She says, I don't want anyone touching me. I'm tired of everyone touching me. And that's why she wanted to shave her head. Oh, my God. (sighs) That is so awful. And, like, you know, we see her get back into her car and, like, everyone is taking pictures. And, like, women with shaved heads look great. Like, this is not a looks thing. No. Brittany just does not look well. She does not look, like, especially with the shaved head, she looks sick and she looks exhausted. It was a very scary, where are the people who love her? Where is her mother? Like, where are the people who should be taking care of her? It makes me crazy. And our friend Kim from Jive Records, Kim, who was like, uh, I love Britney. She like a 15-year-old Britney, it was fun, but serious and whatever. So Kim yeah. says, You know what we love as a society? You know what's super fun for us? We take a young, beautiful, talented girl and we rip her to shreds. And she's absolutely right. People we love the rise, but we love the fall even more. And you know, that is undeniably true. And it's so I don't know. Is there any way for like young pop stars today to learn from what Britney went through and not suffer that fate? You know, it doesn't happen to everybody. It's just like young women, really. Like it didn't happen to any of the boy band guys, you know? Right. Like if you start with the Justin Timberlake timeline, they were the biggest couple in the world and then they broke up and she went in one direction that was maybe level and then down and he just went up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. No one asked him about his virginity. No one asked him, what did you do to Britney? Like he was like his space was respected. The paparazzi weren't swarming him like they were swarming Britney. Yeah, you know, so we get the on-screen text. It says, February 21st, 2007. For nearly four months, Britney and Kevin have been in a battle over the custody of their children. And so now we're back with this Daniel Ramos guy, like the paparazzi dick that wanted to be a filmmaker. Roberto calls me up. He goes, Dano, don't call anyone. Get your camera, your video camera over here. And maybe you can get this, that I'm that I'm getting Britney Spears by myself. This is a horrible story. And the, again, I don't it know is. what they lo- what they told him he was filming because the way he tells the story, just like, oh, here's something cool I did. It is such garbage. The story of this night of Britney Spears' life is, you know, Kevin, her now like estranged husband, has the kids at his house. Britney has gone to the house and rang the bell to try to see her kids. He does not answer. He does not let her see the kids. And she leaves. And then she went back to do it again. And the same thing happens. And now she's like in a panic. So this Daniel Ramos guy catches up with her at a gas station. Her cousin apparently is driving the car and she's at a gas station. The cousin like runs in to pay for the gas or whatever. Brittany is now alone in the car and she's being fucking cornered by this Daniel Ramos guy who, by the way, feels so entitled to invade her space, to invade her privacy, that he is telling us that he was doing her a favor by letting her know he was only going to ask her a couple questions. Right. I need to unpack this. I'm going to rewind a little bit because (laughs) what happens is this Daniel guy, his friend calls him and he's like, hey, you know Britney Spears who needs help and is going through a custody battle for the entire world to see? No one else is there. So what he's saying is the two of us can get this really high paying footage because it's something horrible that's happening to her and we're the only two there. So Us Weekly and all these tabloids are going to pay us a shit ton for this footage of her begging to see her children. Let's document this horrible moment. And so, right, like you said, they follow her to the gas station and Britney's sitting in the car and she has like her head in her hands and she's like, shaved head not looking well as it is i looked at britney from the windshield and i was videotaping her and i said how how are you doing you doing okay i'm concerned about you though okay pause on that moment if you're watching it again the weird normalization of that moment like her life is in a fishbowl and she's just like letting them take the photos because he can't argue because if you're screaming at them that's what's going to be on the front page totally so she's just like sitting there looking dejected and Daniel exactly like you said this entitled asshole is just like I go to the car I tell Brittany hey Brittany all I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions and then I'm going to leave you alone He's just trying to get a reaction out of her. And guess what, you guys? It fucking works. Brittany jumps out of the car, grabs an umbrella, and starts, like, ramming the umbrella into his car. And, like, trying to break the window. I mean, she's just acting out. She's having a fit. And I made the note on my second time watching this. I said, this is a woman who is not being allowed access to her children. Now, Mm -hmm. as a fucking parent, I put myself in that moment for a second. Like, I don't know when she last saw them. I don't know if she knows when she's ever going to see them again. Not. Not being able to see your kid, what this young woman is going through in this moment is unknowable unless you've been in that situation. Absolutely. So she jumps out of the car and she's beating his car with an umbrella. And of course he gets the shot. That's the shot. That night, 
was not a good night for her. Oh wow, she did that too? Did? And it was not a good night for us. Oh my God. <laughs> but it was a good night for us because it was a money shot. And then you hear the camera click and you see the picture and then it pulls out and it's on the cover of Us Fucking Weekly. Right. And Daniel was just laughing. Oh, we got the money shot. Ha ha ha. And the filmmaker asks Daniel, do you think that the paparazzi played a part in this? This meaning what happened to Britney? This, this, the major this. And he's like, no. Uh, it's not like she ever hinted that she wasn't into this. She never told us to leave her alone. And the filmmaker goes, cool, yeah, but what about all the times she said the words, leave me alone? Right. <laughs> like, literally, like, that's what I she know. says. And Daniel goes, yeah, okay, fine. But when she said that, she didn't mean, like, leave me alone forever. She just meant, like, leave me alone for the day. And this is how these people sleep at night. This is what they tell themselves to go to sleep at night. Like, the life of being a paparazzi, you know that you are just considered to be human trash. Like, you are considered to be the right. lowest form of human when you're like your life is all about sitting outside Kevin Federline's house until three in the fucking morning like what is wrong with you to document a woman who wants to see her kids who's going through a mental health situation that's your big thing that's the big money shot and there are celebrities who are just like hey I'm gonna be at Starbucks if you want the photo because it's a mutually beneficial (laughs) yeah that's me I would make that call every single day if I had a single paparazzi's number hey my name is Patrick I make a podcast if you want to come take my picture I will be at the McDonald's the gym at, uh, <laughs> at the, <laughs> that's right next I, to the McDonald's. I'm going to get my dozen do, uh, workout on at the gym. Uh, right, so did I say dozen take... donuts? I meant dozen reps. Just <laughs> reps. Tons of reps. But that means, okay, I give you my consent to come to Starbucks. It does not mean I give you my consent to peep in my fucking bushes at three in the morning to document some horrible thing that's happening to me. So we're at October 2007. Brittany loses custody of her kids, which must be absolutely devastating. She's given visitation rights, but I can't imagine. I mean, I really, I really can't imagine. And Kevin Federline? Slouchy Kevin Federline? I'm gonna go ahead and say he slouched on Ellen and it made me really mad, but like, we have yet to see any evidence that Kevin Federline's a bad parent, and like, thank God, like, I I don't know anything, but it does seem like in all of this insanity, Kevin seems to have been a little bit more stable, you know? Sure, sure, sure. But he slouched and you hated that, so I brought it up again. I really did. I really hate Show some respect. My God. What if Kevin Federline was the only person who knew at the time that Ellen was garbage? Maybe that's why. Maybe Kevin Federline saw it all. Totally. And he's laughing at us now. I knew. I knew back then. So, (laughs) yeah, there he is in the corner, still slouching. See? I knew. Told you. So, she loses custody of her kids and... 2007. And after this, she makes some very questionable choices. She fires her longtime manager. She's totally estranged from her family. She's getting more and more alienated. And you're wondering, I'm sure, who the hell is at the center of all this? Who is Brittany around if she's not around her friends or her family? His name is Sam Lutvi. Sam Lutvi just sort of came out of nowhere. He's one of these self-invented guru types Uh, who is constantly attaching himself to celebrities, often at vulnerable moments for them. And he was like her advisor or manager. Like, again, it was very unclear what his role even was, except he just spoke for her whenever he had the chance. And she has another album come out and she's calling into like a radio show. We're on the air at Kiss FM. Hi. Good morning, Brittany. Today, the album's been out for a day or so. What will you do when you promote the album? What are you going to be doing? This is it. This is it. (laughs) This is the promotion. I'm pretty sure that that's Ryan Seacrest, by the way, who is the radio show they're calling into. Because Ryan Seacrest is trying to garbagey be like, hey, Brittany, let's talk about the bad shit in your life. Yeah. And Sam chimes in and he's like, no, let's talk about fun stuff. And Ryan Seacrest said, like, Brittany is calling to promote her album. But Ryan Seacrest goes, okay, Sam, what do you want to talk about? So he was taking over what she was saying. And people like Ryan Seacrest were like, let's ask Sam what Brittany wants to do. Like, who is giving him all this power? Yeah, it's really bad. And this guy is total garbage. And we'll get to that in a second. Now we learn that on January 3rd, 2008, she, it's like, had a visitation with her kids and she is refusing to hand the kids back over. And look, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna say something here. We have to take our love for Britney Spears and our, like, sorriness for, like, what she went through out of this and say, like, this is really fucking not okay. Yes. We've covered enough documentaries like Dear Zachary and the Susan Cox Powell stuff where we see where the parent that is having a true mental health crisis is dangerous around the children. So Mm -hmm. this is 
is really scary. And she's refusing to hand the kids back over. And she's like rushed to the hospital. And all I know is that like, that's the right thing. Like at this point, like we got to put the kids first. Right. And it happens really fast. So January 3rd, she is taken out of the house in a stretcher. By the 14th of January, her kids are taken away. No visitation. That's indefinite. By the 31st, she is now on a medical hold in the hospital. And this is when Jamie, her dad, swoops in and files for, at the time, a temporary conservatorship over Brittany. And everyone, including me, is saying the thing that is so fucking weird about this is that he was like the absentee father for all of those years. Like, he's been nowhere around and he suddenly swoops in and is like trying to control everything. Conservatorships are a unique legal arrangement, usually designed for elderly people who are unable to take care of themselves or their money. The court gives someone else special powers to make decisions for them. It's unusual because Brittany is so young and productive. But there's speculation that she may be dealing with mental illness issues or drug abuse issues or otherwise would benefit from this layer of protection. So Jamie, her dad, Brittany's dad, is appointed the conservator of her, of her person, of Brittany, and of her estate. And we're going to mention this guy. He's going to come back. But a guy named Andrew Wallet is also in charge of Britney's estate. And you can't write that shit. If someone, if Mike had that in a script, I'd be like, oh my God, I love you so much. But you can't have the guy in charge of money with his last name Wallet. That's too, you can't do it. So Britney, she gets out of the hospital and like in a move that is right out of the Patrick Hines playbook, she drives immediately to the Beverly Hills Hotel. She's like, I'm done with the hospital. I'm not quite ready to go home. I'm going to need a halfway house. That halfway house is called the Beverly Hills Hotel. Right. And as this is happening, she's been out of the hospital after six days and there's like a split screen of Anderson Cooper and Larry King and they're like more on the sad sad story of Britney Spears tonight at 11 and Michael Moore was there to promote something and Michael Moore just like off camera is like I mean it would be less sad if we just left her alone right like can we just let her exist or I was gonna say it'd be less sad if we just left her alone I mean why don't we just leave her alone let her let her just go on with her life but Britney gets a lawyer of her own, obviously. His name is Adam Streisand. Any relation? I don't know. <laughs> you guys, in one of the videos that we did for the for the Hero Bell level on Patreon, we were commenting on Barbara Streisand, and Jillian, Jillian made me laugh so hard where she goes, ugh, do you think 2021 is going to be the year Barbara Streisand lightens the fuck up? <laughs> Every time I hear the name Streisand, that is the first thing I think about now. And listen, a lawyer with the last name Streisand, like that's the first question he gets every day, right? Every day. And I'm sorry to add to the be like part of the chorus screaming. Any relation? Like you guys, sometimes people have the same last names and there's they're not related. I will tell you, I've never met another Streisand. You know what I mean? I've never met a Streisand. Yeah, I mean, as a Pensavali, I don't run into any of us ever. <laughs> totally. I want to know that when somebody asks that, he's like, no, I'm Streisand and she's Streisand. It's different. Right, yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so he's a trial lawyer and he focuses on conservatorships and battles over estates. This is totally his wheelhouse. So he's working with yeah. Brittany and he only knows what everyone else knows. He only knows what the media has told him, basically. So he's like, does she even have the capacity to hire me? And the first question I had was, does Brittany have the capacity to be able to hire me? Does she have the ability to take my advice? The first thing is, Brittany was able to make the judgment, hey, I get what's going on. I get that I'm not going to be able to resist this conservatorship or avoid this conservatorship, right? So that's a pretty sound judgment. The second thing was, she said, I don't want my father to be the conservator. That was her one request. She wanted a professional, somebody independent. Right away, she says to him, I know I can't fight this conservatorship. I know this is going to happen. My only thing is I just don't want it to be my dad. And he's saying, like, he was really impressed with her right away. She was able to, like, he felt good about representing her because she was obviously of sound mind to him. Right, which was a big surprise. So yeah. he shows up to court to rep Brittany, and the judge says, hey, girl. Strice a relation or no? <laughs> yeah, for, first things first. Everybody shut up, hits the gavel. <laughs> shut up. Everyone's held in contempt. Someone sneezes accidentally. They're holding it back. They're like, <laughs> a small cough. You're in contempt. We have major, major questions here for 
Streisand. <laughs> oh my God, I'm coughing. I'm laughing so hard at this. So second question, he's like, hey girl, I have a medical report. Yeah. You haven't seen it and no, I'm not going to show it to you. But what's in this document that you'll never ever see and to this day, Streisand's like, I haven't seen it. This document <laughs> shows without any argument that Britney Spears is not capable of retaining counsel and directing counsel on her own. Now this is bananas to me because what is in that medical report that her right. lawyer can't even see and this judge is just like, oh, you can't see it, but I know on this piece of paper that she is not capable and he's like, I just spoke to her. She's perfectly fine. And this is the whole thing about the conservatorship. Britney Spears no longer has any control over her own life. She can't even hire her own lawyer. That is, think about that for a second. That is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Imagine like you no longer have any say about any, you have no control over anything in your life. Like that is terrifying to me. And to me, that's one of the many examples of why it was never meant to be temporary. Ever. Right. He right. never was, he never had her best interest at heart. So maybe it was temporary on paper for a little bit. And while I agree with you that shit had to be done, the minute he could take any more of her rights away, like again, stop taking things away from her. Give her what she needs. Right. So here's what we learned the court appoints a lawyer, Samuel D. Ingham III. I mean, come on. And here's what we learn about the conservatorship. According to court records, Britney's conservators are able to control who can and cannot visit her and retain security guards for her 24 hours a day. They have the power to access her medical records and communicate with her doctors. They can take control of her house and even cancel her credit cards. They can make recording, touring, and TV deals for her and are deeply involved in her finances. There's some speculation that Brittany may have basically accepted the conservatorship because she was worried about seeing her kids. They say that there is some speculation that she accepted the conservatorship because she was concerned about being able to see her kids. And a few weeks after she accepts the conservatorship, her visitation rights are restored. They used her kids as leverage to get her to sign the fucking paper. And that is utterly suffocating to me, that thought. Absolutely. And, and then it gets even worse because then we get on-screen text, October 28th, 2008, the conservatorship is made permanent. There is a lot that I don't understand legally here. Yes, me too. How can you make a conservatorship permanent when the woman is like not even 30. I, I don't get that. Yeah. I, and when she's making money for you, like if you're making right. deals for her and make she's making records like this is she is a sound enough mind to get into the recording studio and go on tour. Yeah. I, you know, and that lawyer, Vivian Thoreen, the filmmaker is saying to her because like this Vivian woman, she's a conservatorship lawyer. That's her gig. And the filmmaker is saying like, have you ever seen a conservatorship ever get revoked? And she's like, of the cases that I've been involved in, um, um, I have not seen a conservatee who has successfully terminated a conservatorship. She stumbles over her words for a second, but she's like, nope, in every conservatorship I've ever been a part of, I've never seen it removed. Because it's exactly like we said, you can throw an innocent person in prison very easily, but it's impossible to get them out because the way the system is built, again, also for conservatorships, once she agreed, yeah. she can't take it back. The burden is on her to prove against this mountain of evidence, supposedly, this judge who won't even explain why they're ruling this way. And that's what I'm saying. Like, show me the boxes you have to tick to get out of the conservatorship. I need to know more. And honestly, there needs to be a different legal arrangement because conservatorships are not designed for this. They're not designed for young, productive people. They say it a thousand times. They right. are designed for old, infirm people who are, like, not of sound enough mind to manage their affairs in the days and weeks before they die. Like, show me the precedent that says young people get into conservatorships and then never get out of them. Right. The, right. We can't. So in the first year of her conservatorship, there's a documentary made called Britney on the Record. Did and you know about this? I did not know about this. Yeah. Did, yeah. you, did you watch it like when it originally aired? <laughs> no, not when it originally aired. But through my life, I've I've ended up meeting people who had worked on it. Oh, um, my God. And so this really shows, again, it's the first year of the conservatorship. And this really shows what garbage Jamie is because he's all over it. And it really shows the dynamic between Brittany and her father. And, it's yeah. you know, he wants to, it's just little things that at first, like knowing what we know now, it's so over the top controlling. Like he yeah. needs her phone and he's just such a dick and he has such a, like a sour attitude, which like, he does. Yes. Give me that phone. I'll hold that damn phone for you. No, daddy. He's just mad all the time. And it's like, wait, you have full control over like one of the best performers in the world. Why are you so mad? And why are you wearing cargo shorts? I love cargo shorts. I don't have $88 million in my bank account. <laughs> well, Jamie, get dressed, you piece of shit. God damn I know. it. And so, and that like this clip is so famous. It's so famous. And she's talking about the conservatorship. And I almost can't believe 
Jamie allowed this to air. And the topic of the conservatorship comes up while they're filming the documentary. And it's one of the only glimpses that anyone has of how she really feels about it. If I wasn't under the restraints that I'm under right now, you know, with all the lawyers and doctors and people analyzing me every day and all that kind of stuff. Like, if that wasn't there, I'd feel so liberated and feel like myself. When I tell them the way I feel, it's like they hear me, but they really not listening. They're hearing what they want to hear. They're not really listening to what I'm telling them. It's like, it's bad. I'm sad. And this is where it's like, it rips your heart right out. Yeah. And she starts to cry and she just goes, I'm sad. And it breaks your heart because you feel how trapped she is in that moment. That's exactly the word. It's like, she has to stay in this world because it's the only way she can see her kids. If she did not right. have children, none of this would be happening. It's like the deal with the devil. The only way she can actually have access to her own children is to have signed over her life rights to her garbage piece of shit father. And the minute, like almost immediately, Immediately after the conservatorship becomes permanent, she goes back to work and she starts working like crazy. New albums, guest stars on big TV shows. She's back yeah. on tour. And so now people in the world who don't know what's going on behind the scenes think, yay, it's working. It's yes. all working. She's yes. doing great. Yeah. And they're like, you know, like Britney's back on top. And we see this whole thing about like it's 2009 and she's back on tour. And all these like young girls are coming out of the stadiums being like, it was amazing. And we get this whole thing where like moms of America are finally satisfied with Britney because she's wholesome finally after oh, all this time. come on. It's such fucking bullshit. And Felicia, remember Felicia, her like friend, chaperone, but definitely not partner. Don't call her partner. No homo. Absolutely. I don't think she meant it like no homo. <laughs> I think, look, we didn't really get into this in the first episode, but when Felicia was like, they wanted us to call each other partners and that didn't feel right. I was like, are you no homoing me, Felicia? Oh, I thought she meant because of the age discrepancy. Like she was so obviously, like Brittany was so obviously in Felicia's care uh -huh, that it, it uh -huh. almost made them seem too much like equals. Like Felicia was really there to take care of her. But if she no homo to Felicia, girl, we got to take those platinum <laughs> albums off the wall in your Brittany museum. Oh, uh, uh, I don't no. want to put a no homo on her if she didn't mean to no homo. But can we all stop no homoing, please? Thank you. End Look, I, I feel like that was something we've been begging people since like episode one. We've been so no, no homo. <laughs> no homo. Who how does that I can't, oh I can't. My God. it's frat boys it's the dude bros and the frat boys like it always yeah, is it's okay to hold each other boys it's fine to hold each other it doesn't make you gay and if you make out you make out right anyway so Felicia says that around this time in 2009 her role changed because Britney's dad was now intimately involved in the business management and she says like I went on tour with her but I was more like giving backstage tours and kind of like selling merch like the business management didn't hire her the touring company hired her when I went back it was a different business management and her dad was involved and so they did not hire me the touring company hired me I don't know why the Britney company did not hire me. All I know is that maybe they just didn't know the role I had played earlier. And I don't think Britney knew this. I think they knew if we get rid of Felicia altogether, Britney's going to be really upset. So to yeah. shut her up, let's just, let's just say, oh no, Felicia's on tour totally. I, there's no way Britney knew that it was the touring company that hired her and not Team Britney. Like, there's no way she knew that. I mean, if you think about what that means, how calculated that was, that like yes. the dad is trying to get rid of the one person around Britney who really cares for her and is really like taking care of her. If you can, where's her mother, Jillian? Where's Britney's mother? Where is she? I have been screaming and wondering that this entire document where is she but you know where she is she's like going on the view talking about the book she wrote about britney honestly that's where she is so what this is all building towards is her residency in vegas and oh. i just have like in huge letters this shit is epic so she's making all these appearances she's making 58 million dollars a year and most oh. of it is from the residency in vegas so we get this camera phone footage and it's just Britney on stage and we just hear this adorable gay, who is it? And she laughs and then it's like, yeah. it's Britney, bitch. Boom, boom, boom. And like, it's just perfect. Who is it? Who is that gay? How did he get
get that seat. It's almost as though like that's never happened to Britney before. It was like a Rocky Horror Picture Show where he just knew the cue, you know? And she is so, because this is the thing, right? She's amazing on stage. She is. Yeah. She loves it. You could say she's not the best singer in the world. I don't give a shit. She's a Who says that? Who says that? I say she's the best. Are we back with Streisand? Is this a Streisand thing? Look, come on. Will she, has she lightened up yet? I don't know. It's February 17th. (laughs) I guess we'll see. (laughs) It's a long year, Babs. She's incredible on stage and she loves it. And it's a very charming, like she kind of giggles when she she hears someone say, who is it? Because I'm sure he's not the only person screaming, who is it? Everyone with bated breath waiting for it's Britney, bitch. Yeah. And she just gives us what we want. She, and she's killing it. She's making a million bucks a week. Her father, this is important. Her father gets 1.5% of everything she does related to the residency. So, you know, we're talking every bit of merch, every, like any, all of the revenue. And here's what's weird about that. She's super busy. She has a ton of like spokesperson deals. She has videos, albums, the residency. So she's not that incapable, is she? And this is the thing, like she's not at all incapable. Now, look, Britney was in a really bad place in 2008. And I can understand a judge saying like, we don't want you to go back there. Maybe the reason you're stable is because of your father. For people who don't know, you know, because like you were saying earlier, the dad comes in, gets the conservatorship and suddenly Britney's better, you know? And so maybe they're saying if we take that away, then it'll go back to where it was. But there's got to be a lesser degree. What is like two degrees away from a conservatorship? You know what I mean? Yeah, whatever that is where like you can, again, I I just keep going back. I know I keep repeating it, but maybe give her stuff she needs instead of taking everything away. Is Oprah busy? Can't Oprah just mentor her? Like, I feel like that would answer all the problems. If she could just have Oprah on speed dial, we could solve all the problems. I know. I know. But instead we have Instagram. (laughs) Yes. Britney Spears Instagram stuff. You're going to have to walk us through this because this is where people start saying like Britney with the onset of Instagram. Now she can decide how the world sees her. This is no longer the paparazzi getting the shot, making her look crazy. She can now like curate her own image. But people start to say that she is like giving coded messages through her Instagram posts. Walk us through it, girl. Well, I don't know for sure if any of the posts are vetted, you know, like the conservatorship seems very hands-on. So I don't know about that. But here's what Dave Holmes and I have to say about this. We're back with Dave Holmes. So she's showing her home life, her kids. You know, she's dancing. She dances a lot. She's painting. She does a lot of, um, she'll just like walk onto the camera and then do a little pose and then walk off. Do you like watch her Instagram? Do you follow her? Of course. Okay. (laughs) I'm one of the like 30 million people who follow Britney Spears on Instagram. Totally. And so, but the posts can be really cryptic. So much so that there's a podcast devoted to it called Britney's Gram. Britney's Instagram was just something that was really fascinating to us. You know, we would share her posts and just kind of wonder what they're all about. And Babs was like, what if we did a podcast where all we did was over dissect Britney's Instagram? You guys, I, I want to make fun of this podcast, but I can't because these women are with us and they're fucking awesome. Like They're awesome. They're so cool. And the podcast starts out kind of silly, but right. then they start to really fucking care about Britney and like they become investigators. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, because the cryptic post will be like a hole in the wall and then the caption will say there's always a way out. Talking about, yeah. you know, being a Sagittarius and loving freedom and independence and talking about the movie Frozen about how you just have to run, you know, if you're feeling trapped, whatever. And Dave Holmes is like, I gotta tell you, get into it. She's called Calling out for help via her Instagram. Because he's like, if you are looking for hints that Britney is communicating through her Instagram, you'll find all the evidence you need on that grid. Yeah, I heard that differently. I heard him being like, can everyone settle down? She's not, this is all about what you're bringing to the Instagram post. But if you're Britney, why aren't you calling out for help? You know what I mean? I would be. Right, and then I think like, but maybe are we just looking too much into it? Because I can't imagine that her father would just let her post whatever she wants, especially after people started sniffing around and thinking, is she giving us hints about something? Like, why wouldn't he shut that shit down? And you guys, that's how much control the conservative people have. They decide if she's allowed to have a phone, if she's allowed to post things on social media. That is, she has no decision-making power in her own life. Right. So I don't know what to believe about the Instagram other than that I'm absolutely fascinated by <laughs> So you guys, it's October 15, 2018. That guy, Andrew Wallet, the other lawyer who's on the conservatorship, he wants a raise, girl. Well, this is why, this is where everyone is screaming. Like, it's all about the money because yes. he says, he's like, look, Britney's doing so well. This person, our conservator, she's doing doing so well. She's making so much money that this conservatorship should really be viewed as a hybrid business model. And everyone's like, wait, wait, (laughs) wait a second. The podcasters especially are losing their minds. Which 
I think is probably the first time that's ever been said about a conservatorship. And, and that the conservatorship, which really is put in place to take care of people, naturally shouldn't be a business that is making exorbitant amounts of money from someone who is so fit to work. Like, this is not about taking care of her. You want a raise? You want right. more money? What are you doing? You're not You're not doing that choreo in Vegas. What the fuck right. are you doing, Andrew Wallet? Yeah, like, just to really spell it out for everybody, what this guy, Andrew Wallet, really should have said is, she's doing so well, she no longer needs a conservatorship. Exactly. But what he he says is she's doing so well we should all find a way to make more money off of her conservatorship with a straight face he said I this i can't believe it i know i know and so he asks for the raise right three days later there's this major major event planned and britney's oh. going to make this announcement and she's going to do a performance she's going to yeah. make an announcement about how she's revamping her vegas residency right it's a big Big, big deal. Dave Holmes and is there. I'm there sort of in my heart. But there's like fans on the ground waiting for the performance. There's a press pool because she's going to do an interview. And that's the thing you have to remember. Reporters are not allowed access to her. Like, because like all of that goes through the conservatorship. So she's not allowed to talk to anybody. So Britney's going to like do a performance, make this big announcement, actually talk to the reporters. It's going to be bananas. It's pandemonium, truly. Like it's, yeah. it's so loud and everyone's so excited to see Britney. So the lights go down. Here she is. She like comes up from the floor because she's Britney and she just walks through the crowd. She walks like down. She's like up, <laughs> up from the floor, right? I need to paint this picture if you haven't seen it. Like she comes up through the floor like the smoke and all the like, ooh, yes. like the lights and everything. She walks off the stage, down the stairs, through the little like runway they have like in between the crowd. And she doesn't stop to talk to anybody. She just no. keeps walking <laughs> and she walks and walks and walks and walks straight into a limo and bails. And everyone's I like... <laughs> Doesn't say anything on stage, doesn't give any interviews with reporters, does not announce the residency that she's there to announce. And I was like, here she is. Oh, there she goes. Oh, she's not gonna. And, and there she goes in the limousine. That's it? This, we've so, been waiting for this live stream. And she's and, just walking right by. She's just walking by. This was like her big residency announcement. She doesn't do it. She just looks dressed to the nines. Yes. Walks, comes up through the floor of a stage yes. and walks away. <laughs> Girl, we have to find a way when we get back to doing live shows to come up through the floor. Madonna oh. did it. Brittany did it. You and I need We're the next ones. We're the next ones to figure this out. And then we'll, once we come up through the stage, we'll just go, your move, Streisand. <laughs> 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 but then... January 4th, 2019, four weeks after she like walks past all the reporters, Brittany cancels the residency, citing her father's recent health issues and her desire to be with her family. But what everybody is saying is that Britney Spears is refusing to work until her father is no longer part of the conservatorship. She is saying that, like, remember, the guy gets 1.5%. She is not willing to make any more money for her dad until she has her freedom. And what happens is that, so she says, I'm not doing the Vegas residency. And right after that, Andrew wallet the guy who just asked for a raise he quits i know he quits out of nowhere and so that's like well obviously so she's going silent on instagram she's not doing anything she's not doing any of the residency this guy quits and so everyone's like wait a second she's totally protesting as she should and not working yeah and like the best part about this part of the documentary which is only an hour and 14 minutes long but we've made two full solid hour-long episodes about <laughs> i cannot believe it the best part about this part is that it's all being told to us by these podcasts who literally made a podcast about Britney Spears' Instagram feed. You guys, it is such a genius idea. And they're saying that, like, this is where it sort of turns from being, like, a silly podcast about Britney's Instagram to sort of, like, now they're watching her, her Instagram account to, like, get news about her. They're worried about her. And she posts one thing weeks later. It's a post about needing me time. Finally, the Instagram, which had been dark, there's a meme. The caption says... We all need to take time for a little me time. And there was a smiley face, an emoticon, not an emoji, which we noted because we're like, Brittany always uses emojis. And it just seemed off immediately. And she uses like the colon and the parentheses yes. to make a smiley face and not an emoji. And the podcasters are saying like, I know it sounds crazy, but like this yeah. is the world we live in. And she always uses emojis. She never uses just like the little emoticons. No, it's no, 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 no. That, that is an emoji. She uses emoticons. No, it's the other way around. She, this was an emoticon and she always uses emoji. Wait, which one is the one that's the actual thing? That's the emoji? Emoji is like the face with like the yellow face. Uh -huh. The emoticon is when you use the thing on the keyboard to make. Oh, my God. And now tell me again, what is this internet? 
It's in your computer. Don't worry. I'll tell you later. Steve will tell you. Can someone teach me how to use my cellular telephone? <laughs> set, I'll send you an SMS text message to your cellular device. Perfect. And I'll, I'll, it'll have all the instructions. <laughs> the thing is, the podcast ladies, they get a hell of a scoop. They get a big scoop here. Yeah. So they learn that Brittany has checked herself into treatment. This becomes like public knowledge. But the next morning, they wake up to an anonymous phone call. Where this person got their phone number, I have no idea. But we get the recording of this anonymous phone call, which I'm like, they don't disguise the voice in any way. So like, somebody knows who this is. Hi there. Um, I cannot disclose who I am. I used to be a paralegal for an attorney that worked with Britney's conservatorship. I am no longer with them. It just brought to light a lot of the things that we had suspected. Britney has been in the mental facility since mid-January. Of course, uh, I'm just a paralegal. I haven't had any contact with her. But um, from what I understand, this was uh, not a decision she made. Right. So, like, this guy is giving them the scoop to get out to the world that, like, Britney's in trouble. Like, she's against her will being held in this mental facility. Remember, the conservators, they can do anything with her. They can do right. anything with her. She has no recourse. And so, all of a sudden, like, this is everywhere. It's on every talk show. Everyone is talking about it. And they invent the free Britney hashtag. Right. And it goes, it's the viral on viral on viral on viral. And it's, like, yeah. everyone, like, Rose McGowan is involved. Like, all these videos and all this, the... the Everyone is showing their support. So then, of course, like, then we just cut to September of 2019. And it's citing health reasons. Jamie, her father, temporarily steps down and is replaced as conservator of her person. Although he still remains in control of her finances. So just like Justin Timberlake, he's feeling the heat, feeling the pressure, and decided to maybe not be garbage for 0.2 seconds. But then suddenly her mother shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, she she took a break from her weekly stint on The View. Totally. <laughs> to come give a shit about her other daughter. Daughter. I know. And like the mom suddenly wants to be in involved in the medical decisions. And I'm just saying like, what happened to this family? Remember like in the last episode where Brittany was like singing at church and she was a prodigy at five and she's on Star Search sounding like a 45 year old who smokes a you know, chain smokes <laughs> a pack of cigarettes every day. <laughs> Again, not her fault. Not her fault. Not her fault. But now here we are with like this family has completely fallen apart. The mother has no say in her own daughter's life. It, why do we do this? Here's my question for Britney Spears. Is it worth it? What do you think she would say? That's a, I don't know. Because there's a clip of her saying, like at the peak of her fame, that she just does this on the side. And one day she just wants to live a quiet life with her husband and her kids. So, yeah. But at the same time, she says she's the happiest when she's performing. So I don't, I don't know what she would say to that. I truly, I don't know. I really don't. Ugh. So the whole thing about this family is that they never speak publicly about the conservatorship. Brittany never talks about it. The dad never talks about it. But we get Brittany's garbage ass brother who Ugh. doesn't even get a lower third. We don't even know what this asshole's name is. But her brother is on some podcast I've never heard of openly talking about the conservatorship. The guy is asking him about it. And the host of the podcast says to the brother, have you ever seen anything that led you to be concerned that your sister was being held against her will? Oh, every day. No, I'm joking. I mean, like, with the women in this family are very, very strong-minded and have their own opinion, and they want to do what they want to do. And as much as I admire that as a guy and being, like, one of two guys in this entire family, it kind of sucks, man. They're strong-minded. They want to do what they want to do kind of constitutional. He's like trying to make light of it and then say, but at the same time saying things like, well, she always wanted out of it. And then this piece of garbage just starts like complaining about like how much it sucks to be around strong women in his family, like strong women, like they're, they're so difficult. And thankfully the host is like, okay, you're garbage. That's like their constitutional <laughs> right as humans, you <laughs> asshole. But the, the host doesn't let him get away with it. Thank God. But he's like, you yeah. know, just like strong women, man. Right, bro. And the host is like, nah, bro. Like, nope, we're not doing that no. here on the show. But the real really important thing to come out of this is that like the brother has talked about the conservatorship and is saying she wants out of it and always has and that's a big deal i mean she's been in this thing for quite some time now um obviously there was a need for it in the beginning and now they've you know they've made some changes and you know all we can do is kind of hope for the best right you had to ask her about it i mean i mean she's always wanted to get out of it it's what level of that it is the reality I, who knows 
And that's like right at the end of 2019. So right. now we're in 2020 and this free Britney movement has been flourishing for like a year now. So all of this attention on Britney has really brought attention to the conservatorship system as a whole. And now yeah. Britney now in 2020 is publicly saying she wants things to change. She has her lawyer write up this paperwork saying that she wants a bank in charge of her finances and not her father. And, and in like, in, the, in a crazy, crazy twist, she acknowledges and supports the free Britney movement. And that is massive. It's really amazing. And it means a lot to them. And like Britney makes a, a point in this statement to say that she's really appreciative of the informed support to remove Jamie from the estate. And like her followers in like the free Britney movement are like, we are informed. That's why she's happy. Like we know what's going on. So we're at a hearing and this is November 10th, 2020. And it's like the, every one of the families there, the public is allowed. So all of these like free Britney supporters are outside. Like two of them are inside updating this Google doc in real time yes. to get, let everyone know what's going on. They're all wearing masks, by the way. Wear your fucking masks, please. Wear your mask so we can see Britney in concert if she wants to. You know what I would love? For Britney <laughs> totally. to just, what if she decides, I don't want to do this anymore and she goes li she goes to live in like Utah. Great. Like Great. I, I just want her, it's not because I, I need her to be performing. I just want her happy. Like no one can, like it doesn't matter. I don't need another Britney album. Like it would be so, great, right. but who cares? Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> And well, another th another crazy thing we learned is that Britney's paying for all of this on all sides. Like she's paying for her father's side and yes. she's paying for her own side. That is bananas to me. And that is why she's not fucking working anymore. She's like, you know what? Fine, we'll just bleed ourselves dry. Who right. cares? You right. know? And now like the judge starts speaking and the Google Docs being updated and right. <laughs> they, they decide they aren't going to suspend Jamie today. The singer lost her latest court attempt to strip her father of the court-appointed title he had. The judge ultimately declining to remove Jamie Spears as conservator at this time. But Britney's choice of wealth manager, Bessemer Trust, was named as the co-conservator of her $60 million estate. A small victory for Britney Spears. But apparently there's a big win here. And the win is that, okay, Jamie refuses to step down. The judge isn't making him step down. But the judge did allow Britney to add on the bank that she wanted to add. So it's not just her father in sole control. There's someone else there to speak for her a little bit, even though it's a bank. Somebody explain this to me. Somebody explain to me why this woman who is thriving needs a fucking conservator. I really, I want to understand the legality behind all of this. Why I is this judge not saying she's fine? She's a grown woman. She's making money. She's doing fine. She's not in any trouble. I, what is this? And I want to know what is in those medical records. What was planted in them? And I'm not saying that as like a, I'm not, it's not because I want to like disrespect her privacy. What I'm right. saying yes. is it seems to me the judge wouldn't tell the lawyer what's in those medical records. So either there's nothing in the medical records and the judge is on the take somehow, or like yeah. her father planted some insane shit in the records to make it so that it's impossible for what his own lawyers call a high functioning conservatee to get right. any of her rights right. back. Like what right. is in those, if the medical records are the only thing that's keeping Brittany from getting this removed, what the hell is in them? Yeah. So the court hearings remain ongoing. Like it's still happening today, right? So it ends with this on-screen text from the New York Times saying, here's all the people who declined to be interviewed. Her mom, her dad, sister, Andrew Wallet, the, you know, Sam Letvy, all those people. Yeah. But it ends with, and I quote, the New York Times attempted to reach Britney directly to request her participation in this project. It is unclear if she received the requests, which <gasps> I think is like so powerful to end oh. it like that. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Of course she would want to be on the record with the fucking New York Times. Can you imagine? But she didn't get it because they didn't allow her to get it. And that's like, to me, like, I don't know if Dave Holmes agrees or if I'm reading too much into the Instagram, but to me, that's a message from the New York Times to Britney. I'm saying it. <laughs> You guys, we did, what, Framing Britney Spears? Is that what it's called? Framing Britney Spears, yeah. I want to know if she's seen it. I want to know her thoughts on it. I want to know, I need to know everything, girl. Again, according to her Instagram, I think she's seen it. <laughs> well, you guys, thanks for joining us on this two-part journey. If you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon where you can get over 160 full bonus ad-free episodes to download a bitch right this second. You know what they are. It's everything from All Begun in the Dark to uh, Night Stalker. Tiger King, Making a Murderer, The Jinx, The Staircase, all those like the ones with all the episodes, like the long form ones. Yeah. We did Serial back in the day. A podcast. Wow. Everything is there. You add free versions of these episodes, stuff we send you in the mail. It's all there, you guys. Find us on the internet. Join the Facebook group. 
Uh, it's the True Crime Obsessed Podcast discussion group. Come meet all your best friends. Follow us on Instagram, True Crime Obsessed Podcast, where every Tuesday at noon, we go live, girl, and we take your questions. Yeah, we're hanging out. We're talking about the episodes. We're taking questions. We go on, you know, we, you never know where it's going to lead you, honestly. <laughs> like It's just, really true. We might talk about Barbara Streisand again. We probably will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and next week, you guys, we are covering a brand new documentary from Discovery Plus called The Beatrice Six, which I'm super excited about. So stay tuned for the trailer for that. Um, And we love you, you guys. We love you. Thank you. A beloved grandmother murdered in a small farm town. There was quite a bit of a struggle. She had broken bones, bruising and injuries. But leads were scarce, and the case went cold. They couldn't find anybody. Somebody got away with something really horrible here. Then a local farmer began his own investigation. Bert's always viewed himself as a super cop, and he wanted to be the one that would solve it. Suddenly, an informant. A young girl saying that she knew who committed the murder. Before long, a list of six suspects and strange confessions. She was kicking, screaming. He had his hands at her throat. Well, maybe I was actually there and just don't remember it. But there was one holdout, one suspect who insisted he was no killer. He knew he was innocent. He's the only one that did not cave. A mystery of memory, dreams, and DNA. A case thought closed, forced, wide open. How did not one person stop and say, wait a minute, this isn't making sense? This was the worst miscarriage of justice in the history of the state of Nebraska. And probably one of the worst in the entire United States. With a twist no one expected. We knew what happened, then we're told, hey, everything that you've believed your whole adult life is no longer true. Cucumbers. They're actually really refreshing. I hate I love cucumber water. When we had WeWork, I loved that fruit water. I was into yeah. it. My basic uh, bitch, probably. No, I just fucking hate cucumbers. Anyway, not the point of the story. Yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say to you, Perez Hilton, who's probably a lady paid at the five. <laughs> With Stephanie Germanata, our dental hygienist. <laughs> and you and I are bankers. Jonathan Groff came on the Hamilcast, but he was talking about how his King George, he's the original King George uh, on Broadway in Hamilton, so he's in the Hamil film, and he was saying how he was watching a, a lot of Barbara Streisand to get into the role of the king, and he watched this, this amazing clip of her, and he was like, she is so satisfied and in love with herself, it looks like she's fucking herself with her own voice. <laughs> Right, exactly. And he was right. Chris Crocker, he was right. We should have left him <laughs> He was right. And went on to have a thriving career in the porn industry. Good for you, Chris Crocker. Oh, did he? Yeah. Is he happy? Did ev I everyone hope. consented and we were all adults? Great. Totally. <laughs> <laughs>